I think that it's on. I think this is, it's not retribution on the authorities. Uh, or it's not retribution on the residents of this area. It's retribution on the system, right? So the system is opposing us and we're here demonstrating. There are people that all have different objectives and goals and they're gonna try to make you lose the message. But the message is we're here to demonstrate. But you have opportunities that are gonna take advantage of that and that's their fault. Because this is the consequence of what you do. We can't feel bad for you. And side note, they did this shit in our neighborhoods for years. And nobody ever cared about how inconvenient it was for us to who fight did? in our streets. Who did it in your neighborhoods? The American government. Hey everyone. So I know most of you who listen in regularly know that Notes From Her is the podcast dedicated to telling the stories of women of color musicians and their art. But as a podcast platform, I couldn't just stand back and not utilize this medium to support this revolution of the Black Lives Matter movement happening right before our very eyes. The senseless killing of George Floyd has me outraged and raged and sickened and tired because I feel like honestly it's almost every week for my whole life that I've heard of another black man or woman become a victim of police brutality or be murdered by a police or white supremacist and I cannot tell you the amount of videos that I have seen on Twitter at least if not once a week many times throughout the month in the past decade that I have seen black people be falsely abused harassed or murdered and I'm just referring to videos like social media videos that I have seen on my newsfeed that doesn't exclude the hundreds and hundreds of years of this happening every day this happening without it being recorded i am so sick and tired and i'm not even black and if i'm not even black imagine how sick and tired and traumatized the black community is the most important thing that i want to make clear is that i believe black lives matter black lives matter black women matter black men matter Black trans lives matter, black children matter, black love matters, black mental health matters, black physical health matters, black art matters, black dreams matter, black futures matter, black lives matter. I am for this movement, I will fight for this movement and this cause, and I stand in solidarity with my black brothers and sisters, and I always have and always will. I could say and want to say so much more, but I think that one of the biggest ways I can be for the movement, fight for the movement, not just right now, but for the rest of my life, is to do what I have always been passionate about doing, and that is to tell stories, to amplify neglected voices, to tell the stories people may not be hearing, to create a space to amplify these voices from the streets of this movement. We cannot be comfortable. It is all of our responsibility, whether it's in a smaller or bigger way, to speak out against injustice and amplify the oppressed in order to create new ways to fight for freedom. We must all love on each other. Now, for more on this, I actually will include in my description a link to an article I wrote on my blog post about numerous action steps we can all take to make change, including links and resources. As a human who's imperfect, I'm sure I don't always get it right. So if anyone has any other ideas they'd like me to add or take out for my blog, um, please let me know. I am always learning and we must all leave our minds and hearts open to learning more. And like I said before, we gotta love each other more. We have to love on our communities that are hurting. 
So, having said that, I took to the protest these past few days and recorded sound bites and interviews from protesters, organizers, and activists. This episode will focus on the voices from my day on May 31st, 2020, where I went to Santa Monica protests, Fairfax in the aftermath of some riots, and ending in the evening in front of Pasadena City Hall, where church clergy from different faiths organized a candlelight vigil for George Floyd and every other black life that has been murdered and taken from this world on account of police brutality or white supremacy. Join me on this journey on a day in the streets of the Black Lives Matter movement. Black Lives Matter, bro. Even with the Cold War, Black Lives Matter, bro. Black Lives Matter, dog. Black Lives Matter. So that man chanting Black Lives Matter is actually the same man that I interviewed and that you hear talking at the beginning of this episode. There were so many police cars. I mean, there was a whole fleet of them. There were different stores broken into, but also want to reiterate that I was there at around 2 p.m. and a lot of the protesters were very dispersed all over the place. Um, I caught footage of protesters doing some expressive dancing in front of police officers. For the most part, I was involved in a relatively smaller crowd, and as I was walking back to my car, I actually heard a huge pop. And even though I was about a mile away, I soon realized what that pop was, and that was tear gas, and it was strong. My name is Sochi Hernandez, and I'm reporting from Santa Monica. I'm here on Broadway and 7th Street at the Cross Street. And what happened was we were just on um, Santa Monica Boulevard as well as 6th Street, where protesters were peaceful. There was even some dancers dancing in front of the line of police officers. And what I'm seeing behind me now is tear gas, and I'm smelling it too. And I believe uh, I heard about a, I heard a big pop about a minute ago, and, and I realize now that that's what the pop was. Um, as we were walking by, we also saw a Goodwill store that was broken into, uh, shattered glass all over. Like I said, there are different type of people out here on Santa Monica. It seems that there are protesters all around the streets of Santa Monica on 4th Street, 5th Street, 6th Street. In fact, um, there are even a group of people here that are voluntarily giving water and food to different protesters. I want to reiterate that I am sharing these interviews and sound bites on this podcast because it is important to me to capture and report on the true heart of the movement and amplify the voices of everyday people on these streets. These interviews and sound bites are the stories of others and the information that they present in telling their stories, commentary, and opinions. I am merely presenting you all with these stories and information and you can form your own conclusion and opinion, but in order for you to do so, I urge you to actively and open-mindedly listen to what all of these people have to say because their voices matter. So now I'll take you to the streets of Fairfax, where most stores were closed in the aftermath of some riots the night before. I came across a young black gentleman named Rock Coleman, who was with his friend as they were cleaning up one of the small local businesses, and here is what he had to say. So can you please tell me your name? Yeah, my name is Rock Coleman. Cool, so what are you doing out here? Uh, just cleaning up. <laughs> just yeah, trying. Um, so what's been happening? Um, I mean, there have been riots, and so this is what this is what the uh, this is what happens uh, when that happens. I mean, a lot of people are angry right now, and we are just trying to do our part to just sort of like switch the narrative. Like a lot of the news is saying that you know 
the rioters are, or the protesters are like thugs and things like that, and that's just not true. Angry people are just retaliating the only way that they know how, and I'm just trying to help out the only way I know how. Do you like, live around here? I live in Burbank, but... Oh, okay, so you're, are you with an organization, or is this No, just... I'm just a citizen. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Is this your group of friends? Uh, yeah, she's my roommate, okay. and we just all met these, these people. Oh, okay, so yeah. you, when we walked with, have all just came out and volunteered, and I haven't met a single person that's with any organization. This is all people just wanting to help out the community. What do you guys think about the protests? I think it's just. I mean, people should be protesting. This man was slaughtered in the streets, and... You know, I want to feel safe. I want to I want to have kids, you know, one day and I don't want to bring them into a world where they have to be afraid to just be who they are, to like walk out in the street and just be afraid, you know? I've dealt with that like my entire life too. Like every time I go for a jog, like women clutch their purses for dear life, you know what I mean? It's just like I didn't do anything. I'll never I've never gone after anyone in my entire life. So just the general fear is what needs to be changed. Like, I just don't understand it. Like, if people just actually sat down and talked to one another, then they would understand that we're all people. Like, what do you think about the riots and looting? Uh, like, what happened here? So, I don't know if anything was looted here, but, uh, I mean, once again, it's just, I don't want to say it's uh, wrong or anything like that, but it's just very misguided. Like, I don't think, I don't think like uh, stealing things is necessarily right. I do think rioting and uh, the, the general outrage and protest is correct. I don't think that going after small businesses is necessarily right, but people wanting to voice their opinions and definitely march because that's what we're going to be doing too. And we're help, we're helping clean up, but we're also gonna go, you know, protest too. Right. You know? Where, where are you gonna go protest? Um, they we've been getting some some insights on where it's gonna be. I think it's like Fairfax or something. It's gonna happen tonight. Uh, but yeah, we're just we're just trying to we're just trying to like be a part of the solution, you know, right now. And you what know? is the solution? Just to be better and try. You know, a lot of people just aren't willing to try, and that's what's you know the issue today you know if more people just try to understand just try to make their voices heard then we wouldn't be having issues like this just tried to follow the law you know the cops should be punished higher than you know us citizens you know what i mean all they have to do is just follow the laws that they create <laughs> and why is that so hard you know and then when you lose the trust of the people this is what happens oh. that's all i gotta say I then want to take you to my evening in Pasadena at the candlelight vigil. There were definitely, well, I want to say thousands, if not at least over a thousand protesters. Very diverse crowd. I mean, very diverse. There were definitely people from every age and ethnicity and gender that were there. One of the first speakers was a black journalist named James Four, who I got a full interview with as well, um, but I'll be including that in a future episode. For now, listen to what he is telling the crowds. He starts with a Bible verse from Ecclesiastes 7 7. Ecclesiastes 7 and 7. Surely oppression make a wise man mad, and a gift destroyeth his heart. I'm mad as hell.
for my five-year-old son. I'm at a loss for words for him. I don't know how to stand up righteously and be a man and walk the neighborhood and admire the flowers and look at the rocks and look at the mountains and look at all the shit that you enjoy knowing that one of my neighbors may call the police on me. Exactly. And I have to make a split-second decision on how to navigate that and wonder if I'm going to survive. These are real truths. I just want to tell you guys before I leave tonight that the time for action is right now. So don't blow yourself into sleep that this city of roses is also has some very sharp thorns. Many of those sharp thorns work every day in this building and that building. And if tomorrow, and if not tonight, if you are not emailing or calling the city manager, Steve Mormel, and demanding that we have police oversight, because there should be another day that another innocent man, woman, or child is killed, and then our city manager is able to commute out of town, retreat to his home, and have the luxury of not having to face the officers that he, he employs. So I thank you guys for coming out tonight. Again, that was James Four. Now, of course, in this movement and every day, we must remember to empower and champion black women just as much. We cannot let their voices or their stories be lost. Here's the voice of this woman.
for us. All right? We're actually from these streets of Pasadena. That's right! And this is back oh, to our have nothing to lose but our chains. That was such a one of the most beautiful things I heard that night. Next, we have this white preacher who was one of the organizers of this demonstration. I unfortunately did not get a chance to get his name, but I think it is a duty of all church officials and preachers, pastors, priests, ministers, whatever you call them, to speak out against injustice, especially if they believe in a God who fights for justice and for the least of these. This is what this preacher had to say, especially to his fellow white people. He even offered at the end of the demonstration to walk anyone home after curfew. That is how he is using his white privilege. So let's listen to a little bit of what he has to say, which he started by quoting biblical scripture, which you can find in the book of Exodus, chapter 3. Scripture says that Moses saw the burning bush, but then the second line says, Moses looked aside and saw it. In other words, he had to see it, and then he had to choose to look. You got to choose to look every single time. You gotta look deeper than you're looking, and I'm talking to myself. We gotta look deeper than we've been looking, a lot deeper inside ourselves. Somebody made you white. You weren't born white, your skin's not actually white, are you aware? I know, right? Which crayon do we use when we're little kids? You pick up white, you're confused. You're like, that's not what I look like. We get made white too. It's dehumanizing to each of us white people. Because what does it do to you? It teaches you to not feel other people's pain. What, is it, what does it mean to be a human being? It means that you actually feel other people. That's basically what it is. So if you have been made white, you have been made less human by the system that teaches you not to feel other people's pain and that is some bullshit. So what we're going to do now is we're going to witness together with our noise, a joyful noise, a sad noise, an angry noise. You make the noise that's you. We're going to make a noise for eight minutes. Eight. 
What you hear is the sounds vibrating and resonating from thousands of protesters, black, white, Asian, Latino, Arabic, young and old, even children, everyone making noise for eight minutes straight as a demonstration in solidarity with George Floyd, since Derek Chauvin had his knee on Floyd for that amount of time, ultimately killing him. Next, let's go hear our last speaker. Definitely one of the most powerful speakers which ultimately ended our evening and my day of journeying to different protests around the city. And this man is named Andre Henry. Let's take a listen. George Floyd! George Floyd! on to talk about how this demonstration was organized on May 31st, which also happened to be the day of Pentecost, which in the New Testament of the Bible, before Jesus was crucified and resurrected, Jesus had promised his followers that he would give them the power of the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 2, 
the power of the Holy Spirit came upon the apostles and followers of Jesus, who, by the way, were all from different nationalities and spoke different languages. And the Holy Spirit made them all speak in tongues, which is the language of the Spirit, where they all understood each other. Therefore, the Holy Spirit united and empowered the diverse followers of Jesus. Andre Henry has a thing or two to say about how that applies today. Christians around the world are celebrating the day of Pentecost. And I've heard many Christians around the world say today that it's an appropriate time for us to be celebrating Pentecost when there are fires erupting around the world, when there are uprisings around the world for the killings of black lives. On the day of Pentecost, the Bible says, they were sitting in the upper room on one accord, and all of a sudden, the Spirit of God manifested itself in the sound of a mighty rushing wind and with fire. Well, we are here on the day of Pentecost in one accord, and we are on fire. Some of us are on fire with rage. Some of us are on fire with anger. Some of us are on fire with determination. And all around the world right now, like a gale force wind, people are saying black lives matter. Not just in Atlanta, not just in Dallas, not just in Denver, not just in Minneapolis, but in Milan, in Rome, in London, all over the world. If power 
is power is the ability to achieve a purpose. Who has the power in the game that we just played? That is right. That is how political power works. It's a simple principle. It's a simple principle. The status quo is maintained by our mass participation in it. Which means, hold up, hold up, don't clap it down. Which means that if the status quo is maintained by our participation, it can be changed through our mass defiance. I know this because my ancestors taught me. My ancestors proved it. They got fired up. Got fired up about ending the apartheid of Jim Crow. They said, we're not going to find an institution that doesn't respect us. So we won't ride your buses. We're not going to obey when they tell us that we can't sit at a lunch counter next to a white person. We're not going to stay away from the courthouse to cast our ballot just because you say that we can't. And that system failed because a few outraged, ordinary people organized themselves and refused to comply with the status quo. And history shows, and history shows that social progress has always been won by a few outraged, organized, ordinary people. They weren't born on Mount Olympus. They weren't deputized through some angelic visitation. They were just ordinary, outraged people who decided they had enough of oppression. And they played their part amongst millions of other organized, ordinary, outraged people. We don't need any messiahs. We need ordinary, organized, outraged people. change in the situation. It's, uh, it's the profits from our money and our labor that companies rely on to pay police pensions. It's elected officials who shape policy. They rely on our vote. The status quo thrives on the assumption that the wheels of society will continue to turn no matter how many innocent black people are lynched on video. And, that, and they assume that we're not creative enough to imagine something other than violence to manage, to manage our neighborhoods. It's time to tell white supremacy what year it is. It's time to tell anti-blackness what year it is. The squatters evict the landlords. 
the year that police revolvers stone hot blistered the fingers of raging cops and nightsticks splintered in their palms. The year that dark-skinned men lynched a century ago returned to sip coffee quietly with the apologizing descendants of their executioners. I want that year! Forward. Forward. Step back, say forward. forward. 